Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. This time, I'm going to have a quick update regarding SCCE's Compliance and Ethics Institute of 2017 in Las Vegas, Nevada. But before I jump into that recap, I wanted to also uh, mention again that we have an upcoming free webinar, free, free, free. It's called No More Risky Business, How to Build an Effective Compliance Program, obviously talking about the risk-based approach. That webinar will be on Wednesday, November the 15th, 2017 at 12 noon Central Time, 1 p.m. Eastern. If you are interested, please go to our website at moreheadconsulting.com or compliancebeat.com, and there's an easy way to sign up for the free webinar. Please join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, as always, please like and subscribe to our podcast. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, anything that you'd like to communicate to us about the podcast, as always, we're really happy. We're about a year in now, and uh, I'm enjoying it. I hope you're enjoying it. And uh, any kind of feedback from those that are listening to the podcast is always, always welcome. So I wanted to talk just a little bit about uh, Las Vegas and uh, sort of Uh, That leads into kind of a state of the state, if you will, of the compliance and ethics profession. Uh, SCCE's Compliance and Ethics Institute gets bigger every year. There are certainly other events, and I know I've been accused, and probably rightfully so, of being sort of a homer for SCCE, and and maybe I am to a certain extent, although I recognize the value of a lot of the other events and organizations that put on events uh, and other membership organizations out there. But uh, SCCE is one that I'm probably most familiar with. I go to the uh, Compliance and Ethics Institute pretty much every year, and there are three things that I, I, I noted this year. Uh, not just about the event, but I think these apply to the profession generally. And, and the first is growth. This is something that we talk about pretty much every year whenever we come back from whether it's SCCE or any other event or uh, even smaller events or just looking out at the environment that uh, we see with compliance and ethics is that it is a growing field. We have more and more colleagues. We have many, many more people within within our organizations and, out, and outside our organizations, sometimes regulators, who are propelling the growth uh, of compliance. Now, with growth, I think that uh, that you know presents challenges. Growth presents challenges in any any industry, profession, organization. As things get bigger, potentially thing other things can fall through the cracks. I'm going to do an episode here. Uh, in the next week or two, talking about an issue that has come back, at least in the national transom in a big way here in the last few weeks, and that's uh, harassment. When we grow as a, as a field and as an organization, uh, sometimes we focus more on certain aspects of potential risk that and maybe lose the forest for the trees, so to speak. I think that's a potential uh, downside of growth. I think for the most part, and let me give a little bit of perspective here, I came out of white-collar criminal practice back uh, over 15 years ago. And that is another area that exploded in growth as we came into the Enron era, if you will, the Enron, WorldCom, et cetera, et cetera era. And I, so I sort of compare what I see going on in the compliance field 
uh, with having kind of lived through that that change. And to a great extent, growth to me can be kind of broken down into two broad categories. One is you know just the growth in expansion, the the size. Uh, the number of individuals, the the amount of resources that are applied or brought to bear, the coverage, if you will, in both media and and, and otherwise. So certainly that is obvious. There there are many more resources, many many more people, much more focus on compliance and ethics and culture, ethical cultural issues now than we had seen. You know, if we were to flash backwards a decade, for sure. The other piece of growth is in direction. You know, growth expands outward. And the other thing that I see that is really, really clear when you go to this event or any other event or when you read materials out there is that what encompasses compliance, the borders of compliance, the borders of compliance and ethics are growing at a, and expanding at a great rate, sort of like an explosion. And so uh, the responsibilities and the potential hazards, the potential risks that the people responsible for compliance at an organization are growing. Uh, the expectation of undertaking more responsibility f- for a larger and growing amount of real estate uh, has its challenges. Even if you have a lot of resources, even if you have more headcount, there, you know, having a, a growing list of responsibilities and, and risks has the attendant uh, consequences and potential downsides. So growth is still a big factor. It is, it is obvious in sort of my day-to-day as I work with organizations on their, on their individual projects that they're, they're working on, whether that's a code or an assessment or something else. But it's also obvious uh, when I have the opportunity to go and, and sort of be steeped in the culture of compliance and ethics, if you will, for three or four days. That is something that was very clear to me, as it has been for the last few years. I don't think that that trend is going to change anytime soon. But that sort of leads into the second point that I wanted to talk about. And uh, this is something that's been going on for growing now for about a year. um, And that's uncertainty. Uh, Uncertainty around regulation, uncertainty around specific, particularly specific things that regulators might do. But I would say uncertainty with resolve. And what I mean by that is, although it is still sort of unclear what's going to happen with regulation that affects compliance programs overall. There is a resolve that whatever regulator does, either here in the United States or around the world, there is a resolve and a momentum, if you will, amongst those in the profession and the organizations uh, that were represented that that we're not going to put the brakes on or certainly not do a U-turn in any any respect. Now, that doesn't mean, and I think that we will see this happen, it doesn't mean that some organizations aren't going to take the s- certain specific signals from regulators or others as a go-ahead to do what they wanted to do in the first place, which might not be effective for the organization long-term. There are always going to be organizations that end up cutting corners and later regretting it or putting themselves in a position to regret it. That, I think, would happen regardless. But there is uncertainty out there. I don't think that we do ourselves any favors by underplaying it. And I talked about this before, I think, right after the election, this notion that you should continue 
to bring to bear the resources and expertise and the uh, plan that you have in place for your program. But just realize that you might run into more pushback based on this notion of, well, we're in a new era and regulation isn't that important anymore. I think for those not within the compliance program, those in the business units, those out there in the field, partners, third parties, I think there is the potential because of these mixed messages, if you will, that they might think that there's no longer any enforcement going on, which is definitely not the case. And I think that that just needs to be reinforced. So I would still say that that is my primarily primary advice to those that uh, are contemplating this uncertainty is just be prepared to have a strong narrative and a strong counter-argument should you hit any static along the way. I don't think that anybody or any organization uh, that's really thought about this and and is taking a risk-based approach to their compliance risk is walking back anything at this point. So uncertainty, but resolve, I think, is how I would characterize that. And um, this uncertainty is only going to you know, continue on. I'm, I'm going to do a podcast here in the next week or two, I think, about some recent statements by the Deputy Attorney General, Rod Rosenstein, about uh, consolidating advisory opinions and memos that the uh, uh, Department of Justice has put out over the last few years. That's going to include a lot of opinion and discussion in the past around compliance programs. And what could that mean? And that's kind of uh, was a, a, something that just came out here uh, at the beginning of o- October. So that's brand new sort of in the field, but it introduces this notion of ins- uncertainty. And I think we have to be prepared for the next few years for more uncertainty, but also be prepared to have resolve. And then the the third kind of overarching of theme and this, again, really dovetails with both the uncertainty but resolve and growth, is change. Change is in the air, not only because of potential changes with what regulators are expecting and what they're looking at, but changes within the profession. Uh, SCCE itself has a major change that was announced uh, while we were uh, in Las Vegas, and that is the appointment of a new CEO and president of the organization over the next couple of years as Roy Snell heads off to retirement. So and I think that that change is going to continue on. We have a whole generation of sort of the first generation, if you will, of uh, compliance professionals who are baby boomers who are going to be retiring in increasing rates over the next decade or so. Those of us that are in that kind of sandwiched group, the Generation Xers that have also started our careers doing something completely different but find ourselves in compliance, are also not getting any younger. So it, change uh, both in the those that are responsible for carrying the torch of the profession forward in the future is there and change around things like technology, how the job gets done. We've all seen this, and this you don't have to go to an event to know that the expectation around using systems and technology, uh, leveraging data to better uh, perform your job, to better assess risk and and marshal your limited resources, you, you know that change 
has been going on for some time now, and it's only accelerating. And I'll talk a little bit about the exhibitors here in a second, but but you, again, don't need to wander around an exhibit hall to know that there are a lot of other options out there for organizations addressing their compliance risk, even small organizations. That's one of the good things about change and about certainly about technology and technological change is that it makes it cheaper, faster, easier Uh, not only for the GEs of the world who always are sort of on the cutting edge of compliance, but for even the smallest organizations trying to build, improve, and uh, sustain their compliance program. So the other, so the third trend that was very clear was, was this continuing change. There's always something new. There's always some new application or, or system or idea around managing a portion of or all of your compliance program that comes up, uh, not only uh, from the vendors, but, but also within the sessions themselves. Always very practical. Most of the sessions, uh, when Adam and I talked a couple weeks ago, kind of previewing what was going to happen in Vegas, that was something we talked about. And that's something that is, it was very clear is, is you know, having a practical application that that works for many organizations. So, you know, having change, which is good, having, you know, new resources, new new ways of thinking around these things, but but making it practical as much as possible. I think that's important. So those are kind of the big three, if you will, uh, trends that I recognized while I was there in Las Vegas. I think that that's pretty consistent. As far as the sessions went, Again, uh, I found uh, many of the sessions I, that I went to to be very practical. You can, uh, for instance, uh, I, the session, there was at least one session on uh, use, effectively using social media. Um, obviously, that's something I'm interested in because that's what I'm doing right now. I spend a fair amount of my time uh, working on both this podcast but also providing Comment, comment and commentary and and hopefully useful information on social media. And that's something that uh, I think uh, compliance officers are recognizing it can be a valuable tool for communication. Remember, we've talked about many times how important it is to really diversify your communication efforts. Uh, one good way to do that is to utilize social media tools, uh, depending on the the makeup of your organization, the makeup of the audience that you're trying to reach, uh, that can be really effective. And so I think that uh, one of the things that was clear is that, that, uh, again, the practicality of many of the sessions and of the information that the presenters were providing to to the audience was around, you know, how do we really uh, address these fundamental issues? How do we communicate better? to our stakeholders and one of those ways these days is is through social media. There were other topics that were uh, sort of obvious because they are topical. A lot of sessions or several sessions anyway about uh, privacy, particularly with the imminence of the EU's new GDPR coming into effect. Preview here, I probably will have a short uh, podcast about GDPR here in the not-too-distant future since that's coming up rapidly in 2018. As always, there was no short supply of sessions talking about uh, third parties, intermediary, intermediaries, rather, other either anti-corruption or third-party risk-related sessions, which is always a facet of uh, these events. 
several sessions on leveraging technology. As I mentioned in the first part here, uh, technology is a big part of the change we see. So there were several sessions on individual technological challenges, on monitoring, on automation of certain compliance functions. There was a, a great session on that. So no surprise to see technology at the forefront of many of the sessions that were put on. There were also uh, several sessions that touched on uh, regulatory issues and sort of what to expect uh, from regulators, that sort of uncertainty with resolve we were talking about. Uh, One of those sessions was a session that I participated in along with Kathleen Grilly from the U.S. Sentencing Commission where we talked about the sentencing guidelines. Uh, I think an important thing to keep in mind, especially as potentially the Department of Justice may be changing their direction on their guidance. Uh, The sentencing guidelines will remain, and the process around uh, sentencing guidelines and perhaps changes in the future will remain as well. One last area that has been growing over the last few years and, and shows the growth of the profession is a several breakout sessions on professional growth, on building a compliance career, something that I think is indicative of the fact that uh, as a profession, compliance and ethics is uh, really uh, evolving and growing uh, to a great extent. Beyond the sessions themselves, there's uh, lots of camaraderie. I think uh, if you can't make it to one of these bigger conferences, whether it's SCCE or or ECI, or a session at uh, an ACC, that's Association of Corporate Counsel events. You know, if you're not able to do that, this last piece, the camaraderie, you know, exchanging ideas, cross-pollinating, I think is so important. And even if you can't make it to one of these larger events or travel out of town for something like that, find out what's going on in your neck of the woods. There are several roundtable groups, and especially in the major cities in the United States and North America, that uh, meet on a regular basis, have a brown bag lunch at one of the one of the facilities of one of the compliance officers involved in the group, and uh, will exchange ideas, have presenters and presentations, and and uh, speakers come in. So there's lots of stuff you can do locally that's sort of low impact and only takes uh, a couple hours of one morning once a quarter out of your busy schedule. I would really encourage you, uh, you know, if you can't make it to one of these events or, or, or don't think that that's in the cards for you. Uh, in the next year or so, try to to go to something local. Try to try to set up something local if it hasn't been set up before. These sort of roundtable, round bag uh, lunch events are, are pretty pretty low impact, pretty easy to put together. You know, share sharing some lessons learned about different aspects of your program. Maybe having a couple of different people uh, present, you know, f- for twenty or thirty minutes on a particular topic that they have some knowledge on. If you've just recently. Uh, gone through a code of conduct uh, project, and you want to present to you know people in your uh, neck of the woods uh, about that process and sort of the ups and downs and lessons learned. I think that that can be really helpful, and I encourage people to do that. So that's uh, sort of my take from my big uh, event of the year. And uh, if you have anything that you'd like to add or think I missed anything, uh, please let me know. I would also once again encourage those of you out there that have some time on November the 15th at uh, noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, please join us for our free webinar. 
uh, No More Risky Business, How to Build an Effective Compliance Program. We're going to talk about the risk-based approach, which has gotten uh, interesting again with Rod Rosenstein's comments uh, in early October, which I'll do another podcast about here very soon. As always, if you've got questions, comments, want to make some suggestions, please do. Please contact us. And as always, please subscribe, please rank and rate us. We sure appreciate it. So the upshot this time is what we see when we go to compliance and ethics events and what we see in the profession are, I think, three major trends. One is continued growth, both in size and resources, but also in the direction and the scope of what we are responsible for. Second is uncertainty, but resolve. And third, as always, is change. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moorheadconsulting.com.